Welcome to the Joe Swanson Propaganda Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Kingpin Tattoo Supply. Kingpin can be found online at kingpintattoosupply.com. I want to give a special thanks to uh, Waterloo Workstations and Hustle Butter Deluxe as well. My guest today is a sneaker fanatic with uh, over a thousand pairs in his collection. Uh, his illustration and design work can be seen on clothing and shoe brands from around the world, including work on Adidas Jeff Jam collection and the Muhammad Ali campaign for Adidas. Now, not to be left behind, Puma and New Balance have also hit him up, and they can be uh, uh, his designs can be seen gracing the covers of their shoe or the packaging and their shoes. Um, this guy's written four lettering guides. Um, they've become a Five lettering guides. <laughs> they become a must-have for every tattoo shop. He's part of the Selling Art Collective family, owns Trademark Tattoo in Wilmington, Delaware, and has uh, been indelibly marked by uh, music icon Sh Sade. Sade, right? It's Sade. Sade. Yeah, yeah, Sade. Uh-huh. <clears throat> He's back for a second appearance um, on the show today as illustrator and tattooer BJ Betts. How in the world did the Sade thing come to be? Well, man, uh, I tattooed uh, a few of the, the, the guys in her band that have been with her for since the inception of Sade and um, who I got in contact with through a really good friend of mine who, who was a, uh, the man over at Fender Guitars. Um, I've been a fan of Sade since high school, since I can even remember. And um, I tattooed, uh, tattooed a couple of the guys, like I mentioned, in her band. Um, he asked me if there was anything else uh, that, that he could do for me. <clears throat> I said, man, I'd really love to meet Sade. I know she's real reclusive and doesn't really, uh, you know, do a lot of, uh, a lot of personal appearances when she's done with her show. Uh, it's, it's on the bus, on the plane and just out of there. Um, so for me to even meet her was, was an amazing opportunity. So I said, man, you know, not only that, I'd, I'd love for her to tattoo me. He's like, man, she doesn't, she doesn't tattoo. This is her bass player. And I said, uh, that's, that's the point. I know that. Um, so I'd love to have that. And uh, he said, man, I'll, I'll see what I can do. It's, it's pretty ridiculous, but I'll see what I can do. Next day, he calls me up and said, man, you know, we just had our, our meeting, our pre-show meeting. I brought it up to her, uh, and uh, she says, you'll do it. You just need to be here by, you know, whatever time. No problem. Got done tattooing, called my wife, said, we're going over to Atlantic City. Here we go. We're going to get tattooed by Charday, which I just completely just discounted as not even going to be possible still. Just one of those things where... You know, somebody tells you it's going to be, but it just, it just a lot of times it's not. <clears throat> so, um, you know, I have a couple hours. Time's going fine. We get to the venue. Well, I'm, I'm getting close to the venue. Uh, there's traffic. I mean, blocks and blocks of traffic. And I got at this point, I got about 10 minutes to get there before this won't even happen at all. So uh, her manager is calling me. The, the, the promoter's calling, like, where are you at? Whatever, whatever. I said, man, I can see where I have to be, but I'm about I'm about eight or 10 blocks away and bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic in Atlantic City in the summertime. It was a mess. He was like, all right, stay on the phone. Okay, man, do you hear a cop car? Do you hear police coming? Yeah, I do. Actually, I see him coming my way. Cool, stick your arm out your window, whatever. What kind of truck you, or what kind of vehicle are you in? And uh, I tell him to stick my arm out the window, you know, over here. Here we go. And uh, they basically, cops made a U-turn in the middle of the street, told me to follow them. I get to the, the venue, you know, basically a police escort to go get tattooed by Chardet, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, so, uh, I get, I get to the venue and hop out of the car. They're like, oh, we'll, we'll park. Just, just, just give me the key. Let's just, just go, go, go. They're throwing lanyards around my neck and my, my wife and my daughter. And, uh, I go in and, you know, I get set up and, 
And uh, yeah, man, I, I, as I'm as I'm in there getting set up, you know, backstage, I can hear, you know, th there's a common wall between two dressing rooms, so I can hear her in the next room, kind of warming up her voice. And I'm sitting there like, eh, you know, yeah, no big deal, just shot a, you know, and. I've met, you know, I've met a lot of celebrities, very fortunately, and uh, tattooed some. And I usually I can. Sorry about that, Joe. That's all right. Um, so generally, I can uh, I can keep it together uh, for the most part, I think, and don't really try and fan out. But uh, in this point, in this case, man, I, I got all set up and trying to keep it together and. You know, my buddy Paul, he says, man, you, you ready to go? You all set up? I can, uh, I'm going to go next door and grab her. So she comes in and um, uh, comes in the room, and I think I'm prepared. Uh, but I, I definitely, uh, definitely had a hard time dealing with it. Um, and I feel like the only thing that kind of kept me, kept it together uh, for me was the fact that I had to teach her and kind of uh, walk her through the, you know, her, her tattooing me. And uh, it, it was an amazing process, man. And she's, she's amazing. And it was, you know, every, definitely everything that I, I was hoping that it was going, going to be for, for an experience, man. It was, it was, un, it was just, it was great. Yeah. So uh, that's it, man. And, uh, she lived up to your expectation as an, as an artist and as a person. <laughs> as an artist? Yeah. The tattoo is terrible. You know what I mean? <laughs> But uh, you know, I'm the only one that has this tattoo. So what you know, what, what, what can I, what can you say? You know, yeah. you've been in, involved with uh, music for a long time, and and been into music. What kind of stuff are? What's a what's a typical day in the life of uh, BJ Betts right now? What are you listening to? Man, I'm kind of all over the place now, man. Um, I I don't know. Uh, my my actually my daughter is my daughter plays a lot of music, so I listen to her play in the morning. Uh, get, getting ready for for the shop or you know come to work and um, I guess it, it it depends on the mood I'm in man when I get up in the morning if I'm gonna if it's one of the mornings where I'm going to the gym or which is trying which is hopefully every morning um, but um, I listen to a lot of uh, to be honest a lot of hip hop when I'm when I'm heading, my, heading to the gym in the morning um, if I'm drawing I like to listen to something that's a little easier to listen to where I don't have to kind of focus on you know the background music and can just focus on what I'm working on. But um, I mean, today is Wednesday, and for for me, it's it's Wu Tang Wednesday. So uh, yeah, so it's Wu Tang Wednesday in the shop, and in in my life, I guess. Um, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm all over the place. Everything from you know Clutch to Wu Tang to Public Enemy to a lot of older stuff to uh, yeah, man, it's 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 a very eclectic mix. Incubus to you know to uh, Bad Brains to uh, Man, I don't need gorilla biscuits to, yeah. to whatever. You know, I'm all over. I'm all over the place. All sorts of stuff. How did the how did the love of lettering come to be, man? I mean, you uh, where did that where did that originate? Um, I'd say it originated from me being, um, you know, d doing graffiti a lot when I was younger, and always just having a fascination with with type fonts, with typography, with the uh, just the lettering structure and how everything looks and fits together and. Um, even since I can remember, man, my looking at old, uh, old like railway passes from my great, great grandfather and a lot of stuff that my grandmother had around the house that I in turn have now and just being super into it, man. And seeing like watching my, my grandfather, he used to still write, you know, write correspondence and letters with fountain pens and, and man, just watching that stuff and watch how it, how it would flow out of his hand, out of the pen. It was, it was just amazing. And I tried to duplicate that looking back at it now. Um, you know, trying to duplicate that and, and 
I think it led to where it is now. Mm -hmm. You think there's uh, how much farther do you think that these guys can push lettering? You know, man, like I think with anything else, as soon as you think that it's getting to the point where what else is, you know, what else can happen? It's something else comes up and some other person comes out and, you know, because I, I study a lot of a lot of um, calligraphy and a lot of guys who do some amazing penmanship. And um, I'd love to be certified as a, as a master penman, to be honest. And I'm, I'd, I'd love to go to some of these courses, but uh, just, just time constraints, as you know, man. It's, it's a little tough to be able to take a week or two out of your life to, to go and, you know, write letters all day. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the same, same as with tattooing, you know, for the most part, it's like, you know, just when you think like, you know, you know let's, let's go back to like the mid-90s when Guy Aitchison, I'll use that for an example, of when that stuff came out, when he started to, that, that just became a, a really big thing. And, you know, I remember seeing that stuff like, man, what, what's next? What else? Like this, this texture and all these colors and, and just complete mind blowing, you know, tattooing at the time. And like, man, where's it going to go from here? And then, you know, then it was like the color portraits and it was just like, man, what, what else can, can happen? And then it's like, okay, well now this happened. Now this happened. And it just goes subsequently, it just goes on and on and on and on. I feel it's the same way with lettering. It's just like there's so many people now that have adapted that as their thing. And it's, it's just, it's weird because, you know, like you've been tattooing a long time. I've been tattooing, you know, a, a relatively long time. And, you know, I know when I first started getting tattooed, it wasn't, you didn't specialize in something. There was very few people that, you know, when you went to a tattoo shop, it was like you went in and you didn't say like, I want lettering. It was just like, hey, I want to get ta a, a tattoo of some lettering. You know, where now it's like people, that's it. Like, he's the lettering guy. He's the black and gray guy. He's the whatever guy. You know, and like looking back at it, maybe it was like, you know, Jack Rudy in the 70s or 80s and Freddie Negretti and Freddie Corbin. There was guys that were definitely known for lettering. But however, when you went into a shop, as you know, it was just like it was, a you know, it was it was a tattoo, whether it was lettering or a pinup girl or a panther. It was just all a tattoo. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, what do you think's missing do you think anything's missing out of tattooing today that we that before the internet boom and before this most recent boom that that you just miss when you come to the shop and you think back on those times, you know when you came up tattooing and learning, you think there's things that uh, you would want to impart to people learning now that say, hey, you should take advantage of this or you should you should look into this part of tattooing that's not here anymore, but you know. I, I think there's quite a, yeah for sure, man. I think there's quite a few things. Number one being you know, making needles and mixing pigment, you know, um, with the, with the advent of every, of, of all the supply companies and, and all the, uh, internet, it, it's very easy to, to just go buy whatever you need. I remember, you know, staying up late night, making hundreds of needles. I'm sure you do as well, man, you know, where, uh, and if, if there's, if there was something wrong, if there was one of those needles, one of the, one of the liners that you made and one of those just wasn't right, you know, you have yourself to blame. And now it's like, you know, I guess it's it's good and bad. It's good because now it's definitely a uh, a regimented thing where you know that you know a certain company. If you got a box of fifty needles, you know it's pretty safe to say forty eight of those or forty five of those are going to be good to go. You know, you might have a couple duds, but for the most part, man, that's that's what it is. So that that's good and bad. It's bad because you know what if that goes away? What are we going to do then? And I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make needles. You know what I mean? And the same thing with pigment. When you know what's going in the pigment, you know all the ingredients, you know, you know, if there's a reaction, you know why for the most part. And I think those things are, 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 are missing in 
you know, I, I try, you know, everybody in my shop, for the most part, or, or shops knows how to make needles if, if need be. Um, not everybody knows how to mix pigment. However, you know, I'll mix pigment and, or my, you know, somebody at the shop will mix pigment and enough for the whole entire shop. And not because we just don't want to teach anybody, but because it's, it's there. Um, and they, they will be taught for sure. Um, as far as taking it back to what's missing, man, you know, people come in the shop and the first thing they do is pull out their cell phone and start, start flipping across. Like, I want this, I want this. Like, you want something nobody else got, nobody else has? Pick something off the wall. Nobody gets that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, pick some flash. That's awesome. You know, it's on the wall. I have good, amazing flash on my wall at the shop, on my walls. And it just seems like that's, you know, it, it, it's so easy to, to, to pick something that somebody else has or there's a photo of it. And, you know, it, it's, you, you understand. It's come full circle for sure. Yeah. In, in that way, uh, definitely. You've done a lot of collaborations with, um, you know, larger corporate clients and, and shit like that. Do you find it's different dealing with, uh, how different is it dealing with the corporate client as opposed to the tattoo client that's just coming in for, for I, the I small like piece? It. I like it. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I, I like it a lot, man. It's it's a lot easier, to be honest with you. I feel like it's um, it, it's 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 good and bad. Like, it's good because, you know, we're used to, um, as tattooers, we're used to when somebody comes in and they want that, that wizard or dream catcher, they want it now. Especially in a street shop type of, type of environment, they want that now. Um, and other other uh, major major companies and larger corporations, when they want design work, you know, they're used to going through four or five different people, through an art department, through approvals, through all this other stuff, just to get an initial sketch. Whereas, you know, once once we get an agreement on, you know, a, a cost or a price or a budget, I'll start sending sketches over immediately. And they're like, oh, man, holy shit, I thought this was going to be, a, you know, a one-week process. Like, now, one week, give me an hour. I'll send some stuff over. So that's awesome, and they, they definitely appreciate it, and that definitely has gotten me more more work. However, they come to expect that every time, and they don't want to hear, "Sorry, man, my you know my dog is sick. Sorry, I got my you know, take my daughter to softball." You know, when they agree to when they agree to uh, you know to, to pay you for a job, they don't want to hear all the extra bullshit. They want to just have the job done. Right. Yeah. But I, I feel like it is a little easier because they know what they want. And it, 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 it's very similar to a tattoo client in the fact that, you know, you don't want to give somebody too many options. You know what I mean? Because generally, they're going to pick the one that you're least into almost. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You were talking about in, a, in an interview that I read the difference between that, you know, that hand-drawn look and the computer look um, of design. And yeah. do you find that um, people are trying to replicate that more hand done look these days or is it going more digital i think so and i think every client's different i think so there and it's for me it's it's a completely you know wide range of the, the every every way every range of the spectrum is covered there's clients that they want that extremely clean regimented look um you know they want to they're thinking of it as how's this going to look on a billboard how's this going to look you know 14 feet tall on the side of a building if it's a logo and they're looking at it completely different whereas us you know, we're looking at it on, you know, on a, on a part of the body that might not see sunlight or will see sunlight. And, you know, obviously we take all that in consideration when we're, when we're on the application of the tattoo. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think there's, there's, there's no, you know, cut and dry way that people want it for the most part, man, every client's different, just like tattooing. It's the same way with those people. And I love the hand drawn look. It's just very hard. I think 
I don't know anything about Illustrator or Photoshop, not not very much. So I rely on a couple people that once I get the job, the you know my part done, I have to turn it over to them. And there's only a few people at this point, man, that I really trust that I've worked with in the past to, to kind of replicate that that look. Because when you turn it over to a lot of major companies, and, and you know whether it's Atlantic Records, whether it's Sony, whether it's whoever, they have guys, and that's all they do is vector art. That's it. And you know when you turn over some artwork to them, they try and connect lines that that aren't supposed to be connected, just because you know they, they think they're trying to help you out. Like, oh look at this, he didn't connect that part of the A. Well, no shit, it wasn't supposed to be connected. That's why I turned it in that way. So you know, obviously, that's this is why I need to be very proficient in that. And that's just one more step, at, you know, in the process of me handing over the finished vectored art that I I can approve and be happy with. But I always like to see the final product before it goes to print or before it goes to wherever the hell it's going to go. And, uh, and that's the thing, man. And at that point, once you hand it off, you know, you're, it's, it's out of your hands and it can make you look like a jackass or a genius. Right. And, you know, as you know, man, the only, the only real, um, I, I guess the only real control we have over our product is the ability to say no. You know what I mean? So like, Hey man, if you think that's that tattoo or that artwork is not going to, uh, not going to flatter your, your career, it's not going to reflect, not flatter, but it's not going to reflect your your ability or your skill or your, your, you know, your tattooing, then you can say no, man. And that way it's, it's not going to be out there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite, uh, um, client or project that you've worked on? Um, Bert, you've worked with Adidas, Bert multiple times, Puma, New Balance. You did a, a signature shoe for New Balance, correct? Yeah, for New Balance and for Adidas. Yeah. Um, both of those companies are amazing, man. And I, I think it's also because of the, you know, the, the, the people that were, that I dealt with, you know, I mean, I, I knew the people for the, the, the people, um, in, within New Balance, within Adidas, within, within Nike, even, right. um, working with Converse, uh, all these guys, man, have just been incredible and I've known them for quite a few years now. So it's like, it would just, it was just an extension of our friendship that led into, uh, in, into the business end of everything. But no, man, I, I, I couldn't have asked for anything more. They gave everybody that I spoke to has given me complete creative control. There were some things that, you know, needed to be a little, tweaked a little bit, as in, you know, if somebody brings in a uh, smart work for a tattoo. Um, the same thing with this, like there might be a different yellow that, that that company doesn't have, or it might have to be outsourced. And everything with the, with the sneaker companies and with those big companies, it all boils down to price, you know, per unit. And they might only have, you know, $8.12 in a budget for each shoe. You know, and like one yellow might cost 48 cents and one yellow might cost 64 cents. But these are just things that, you, that you know, is completely behind the scenes that you don't even know about. But uh, it's just weird, man, seeing all that stuff come together and then seeing the final or the initial sample of this thing that I've, you know, kind of created from nothing. And here it is. And I'm holding this tangible, you know, shoe or, or yeah. you know, font or whatever. You know what I mean? So it, it's, it's a, a crazy process to see it. And then, you know, you see somebody wearing this thing and that you don't even know that they actually bought this. And then it's it's cool, man. It's cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, you're going to next week on the show is going to be uh, uh, Jeremy and Ryan from Sullen. You're part of yep. the Sullen family. Um, amazing guys. Amazing guys. Amazing artwork. And, and I think that company's doing a lot of cool shit. I mean, I love everything they're doing with the media stuff and with, you know, their the collection they kind of run the gamut you know it's it's a lot of black and gray stuff but you know what they got guys like mike chambers in there doing rad shit on on t-shirts as well and i think they're 
they're really good representation of what's going on right now in in the art side of tattooing. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, well, hell, I'm wearing I'm wearing Sullen uh, Sullen right now. Uh, Shout out to Sullen. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, now, man, Jeremy and Ryan are, are amazing guys, man. Uh, Ryan is, uh, you know, Ryan's a tattooer as yep. well, and he knows uh, th their collections. I mean, they have, you know, Good Time, Char Good Time Charlie, Jack Rudy, Freddie Negretti. Um, all, speaking of black and gray, all those guys, man, they have, uh, you know, guys that do lettering, uh, you know, Flocks. Flocks was just uh, out of your shop. Yeah, Flox was just out of my shop. I love Flox, man. He's he's an amazing lettering guy. Uh, Big Gus does a lot of work for those guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they have a really eclectic collection of, of a, you know, pool of artists to pull from, um, you know, from traditional to, to black and gray to, to whatever. Yep. Um, and Ryan, you know, Ryan also does a lot of stuff uh, for his own company, which is which is amazing. Any any tattoos, um, which is one of the reasons why I definitely get behind the company. It's not. You know, it's not a company that uh, doesn't have anything to do with tattooing, except making money off of tattooers. You know, where, whereas Ryan is a is a, a tattooer, maybe not full time anymore, but um, I mean, definitely he tattoos every week. You know, and and, um, and 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 has a lot of tattoos, and so does Jeremy. I mean, these guys are, you know, almost a, a, a bodysuit of tattoos. So, um, you know, they they definitely practice what they preach. And, and anyway, enough enough about those guys. They, they, uh, yeah, man, they're, they're a great group and I, I really like the company a lot and I've, I've done, you know, done t-shirts with them and I have a couple upcoming projects uh, that should be out, uh, in cool. the summer. Right on. How's your book coming along? Book is coming along, man. I, I think it was a little bit more, uh, than I was, uh, anticipating as far as work goes. Um, especially when you deal with, you know, with other tattooers, mm -hmm. um, everybody's on kind of a different schedule. So, you know, if you, it, if you know that you need something turned in by June 1st, you probably need to tell the tattooers April 30th, you know, <laughs> because then it starts filtering in by June 1st. So, um, but now, you know, the book, yeah. So the book is called uh, a little plug about it. The book is called 26. Um, and it's, uh, as in letters of the alphabet, uh, the, I have 26 tattooers that are going to be in the, in, in, involved in included in the book, you know, just to name drop a few guys. So, you know, Jack Rudy, uh, Freddie Negretti, Grime, Mr. Cartoon, uh, myself, um, Flox, um, Norm, uh, Henry Lewis. Uh, there's just everybody. And, you know, there's going to be some pro some surprises in there that, of guys that you might not be uh, be aware of that uh, or are aware of that do amazing lettering or might not be known for lettering. That, uh, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, Grime, for example, people don't even think of Grime as the lettering, a guy to go to for lettering some of the, the the best lettering and technical that I've ever seen in my life. And the same as Henry. And obviously, you know, Jack and Mr. Cartoon and, and Freddie, just because they are who they are. I mean, you know, that's exactly right. And Freddie Corbin, um, you know, Tim Hendricks, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a great, a great eclectic mix of, of all the, um, of, of what's going on. So that's, let's, I'd say the book is basically broken down into three sections with that being one section of the book which will be a major section because there's 26 tattooers that I've interviewed and, and I have, you know, photos in the book. Um, another third of the book I'd say, or another section of the book, uh, would be, I sat down with a, a company called house industries, which is like the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the leading font, um, people in the world, I'd say, and they're, they're based out of Delaware. I've known the, the owner, Andy Cruz. I've known him since, since middle school. And these guys are, beyond incredible man and, and just watching this you know watch those guys develop a font 
which I had no idea how much work went into into that. You know, I mean, they have to make sure everything is ready before they plug this thing into the computer. And so when I was working with them and would do, a, you know, doing I'm working on a couple fonts with them, it's like you need to do number one, 26 letters of the alphabet. Then you have to do all your characters. Then you have to do 26 lowercase letters. Uh, then they want, you know, then you have to work on letter combinations, A E A C A D. Go through all everything together because you know what, man? Sometimes, you know, when that G fits next to an O, or you know, an A fits next to a T. You know, you have a little different spacing, and you know, it, there's just a lot more that goes into it. So before it's all said and done, you know, I might have drawn 500 different letters for one alphabet, and it, you know, again, it doesn't it doesn't seem like there's that much, but man, just to get that right and to have it ready for when it's presented and when it looks, you know, for it to look to look good, I mean, it, it's a big deal. So I sat down with those guys, um, did an interview with those with him and this, the guy named Ken Barber, who's the main font designer and developer for House Industries. We sat down and talked about how a development, the development process of a of a font, and um, that, and then the other third of the book is would just be about about me and you know stuff I've done over the years for for companies and just my own tattooing and stuff like that in general. When's it uh, uh, scheduled to drop? Well, initially, man, I, it was supposed to have been out already, but initially, so at this point, I'm hoping it's going to be uh, released. The plan is is to have it released at the San Francisco convention that Taki puts on yeah, uh, this year in October. Um, yeah. and I, I, and I'd like to do, I'd like to do a West coast, um, uh, uh, release, which would be a Takis and then the East coast release as well, because there's quite a few uh, artists in the book that are from the East coast and quite a few from the West coast. It would be great if this works out for Takis, which I'm hoping, I don't see why it won't. I just have to get everything finished up. Sean Barber painted the, uh, the cover for me, by the way, which is completely incredible. Um, so, uh, yeah, and there's, and there's a lot of, a lot of people that will be in the book, um, that, that will also be attending this convention in San Francisco. So it'll be a great opportunity for everybody that, you know, purchases a book to have everybody, you know, there can be that the, everybody that's there can sign the book for them Absolutely. as well. So, yeah. That's yeah. a great, uh, that's a, that's a great convention, a great get together. Um, can I hit you with some social media questions? Oh, of course. Of course. Okay. All right. I got, uh, two guys, um, at not so fine art asked. Tattoo trends come and go. Which trend is or was the one you were most psyched to see bite the dust? <laughs> I hate to say it, man, but probably tribal. Yeah, you don't like that shit, huh? I, di I didn't like it, man. I got to be honest with you. But, however, man, Leo Zulueta, that guy is the man. I mean, look how many times he has put food on our tables. Yes. You know what I mean? However, and I, I, I will say, too, that, that that taught me how to do solid color. You know what I mean? Because obviously that tribal, man, if that, if that tribal's not solid, it sticks out like a sore thumb. You know what I mean? You have such a large area. However, I, I, I hate to say it, man, but yeah, I'd say tribal, man. Tribal. I'm, glad to, I'm glad I don't have to do much. And armbands. Armbands is another one. Yeah, killing sleeves since the 90s, right? Armbands. <laughs> exactly. Shit, man. All right. A former guest of the show who's been on a couple times, at JoJo Ackerman, asks, what advice do you have for left-handers uh, that are struggling with script? Oh man, that's a tough one, JoJo. I don't know because I don't. Uh, I'm not a lefty, so I'd, uh, and I, I, I. There's a couple guys that are left-handed that I know that that do some great lettering, and um, I'd say to 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 draw the to, to try and draw the letters as if they were drawing it for a tattoo. That's that's what was given to me by another guy who I know that writes script very well. That's a left-handed guy who not he's not he's not actually not even a tattooer. He's just a guy who does amazing calligraphy, and he's a lefty. And he almost has to has to lay it out as if he's drawing 
you know, drawing the letter like he's drawing an eagle or a panther or something like that. And um, it seemed that that's from what he said that seemed to help. And um, I could see that I could see it helping, but I guess just the flow of the hand might be a little obviously different than than we do. But um, then we do it as, as a right-handed artist. You're a right-handed guy, right? Right-handed, yeah. Hey, I, work, yeah so, I, mean, I, I work with a left-hander, though, who does amazing script, uh, Ro- Rooster on Instagram. Uh, Joel Ruiz is a guy in the shop at Hard Luck Tattoo. Okay. And he does great. I mean, I love looking at his lettering, and he's lefty. But he, yeah. it's, it's all tur- his hands all turn funny when he's, when he's doing it. Right. What, I mean, what do you? So, so you might have a little more insight on this than, than me. Then, what, what do you? Do you see him doing anything different than, say, like you would do when you're I, when you're? I think that you're right. He has to draw it more as parts of a letter as opposed to the whole piece. He's got to move that paper around quite a bit more, it seems, um, to get the right angles. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. in my observation. But, um, um, yeah, interesting. What 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 advice would you give? Uh, you know, right-handers, what would be one of the things that you found that was most helpful to you, and maybe you've already spoke about it, which is just drawing it as a as a tattoo as opposed to a, a letter? Yeah, I'd, I'd say to look at everything as, as, as a whole, the whole piece. Like, think of it as, you know, you're still, even though it's, it's only lettering, it still is a tattoo, mm-hmm. and it still has to fit the, the body properly, you know? And I'd say that if, you know, if you think that, I also feel like it should go along with, the name, like choose a font that is indicative of the, of the design. Like if you're going to, you know, if you're going to pick, if you're going to do somebody's grandmother's name, you know, unless, uh, again, unless their grandmother was, you know, lived in South Central LA and was a, a gangster from all hell, then you probably don't want to choose something strong, like an old English type of a font for grandma. You know, you probably want to do a nice script. So I'd say, I'd say pick the font that's going to, again, that's going to dictate the, the feel of the entire piece. You know what I mean? So, I say that's one of the things that I see that um, a lot of times I feel like could could have been the, the application could have been a little bit better. Yeah. What's next for you, BJ? Um, well, I'm going to Chile next week for a convention with uh, with Dan Smith and my uh, my good friend Maneco, who's from Brazil, who's another amazing lettering guy. Um, doing that next week, and then um, Canada at the end of the month, and then um, just working at the shop and trying to get this book finished up, man, so I can put out an amazing product you know good deal people can find you online at bj bets and your website is uh, bjbets.com yeah okay. okay you can find out all the information on bj um your lettering books are everywhere uh kingpin tattoo supply has them um you know they're, they're all over they're all over the internet you actually just battled with getting some uh counterfeit shit taken care of with with that I, right? I did yeah man and it, you know obviously it continues to happen all the time man i'm yeah. sure you know, you, you, you put out your DVD and your, your instructional stuff, and, man, I'm sure there's people make copies of it. It's like, what are you going to do, Joe? Yeah. You know, you can't, if I see it on eBay, like, I'll send a message and just say, hey, man, this is my stuff. Please take this down. Send it to eBay. But it's like, you know, I mean, yeah. unless I have proof and, and I can order, which I have done recently. There's another guy who just popped up that's going around shop to shop to shop and going doing conventions, and there's been people that, thank God, man, that I have, people that are, are, are very into what I do and mm-hmm. and um, are looking out for me. They'll send me stuff all the time, videos. One guy took a video, went up to somebody's booth at a convention and took a little video on his phone of all the books that are laid out and flipped through it. And I have proof now that this person is selling, you know, bootleg bootleg books. So I'm trying to get that worked out right now. But Yeah, I mean, well, do the right thing, everybody. Buy the book, buy the DVD. There's no excuse for that shit. Um, 
Go check out BJ's work, bjbets.com, at bjbets on Instagram. You can always find me on Instagram at OG Joe Swanson. You can check out my website at therealjoeswanson.com. If you do have questions for uh, any guests coming up and the guests that are coming up next week, May 14th, I have Jeremy and Ryan from Sullen. May 21st, I have a, a vet of the show. Matt Hodell is coming on. Um, May 28th, I don't know if that's booked yet, but June 4th, I got Dan Coven, Rotary Genius, coming on. And June 11th, I have uh, another sullen uh, guy, Roman Abrego, coming on. So if you got questions for any of those guys, hit me up on Instagram. Um, thank you for listening to the show. I will be uh, launching a new store on my website, The Real Joe Swanson, um, where you're going to be able to f uh, find some original paintings, um, hopefully soon some T-shirts and all that other shit. So go check that out. Thanks for listening. Please share the podcast with all your friends. Um, and look for more shit to be coming up uh, down the pipe soon. I got a few projects in the works that I'm excited about. So thank you, BJ. I appreciate you coming on, man. Man, Joe, anytime. I'm honored to, to, to be a part of your show, man. All right. Well, I hopefully we'll see you out in October at Taki's show, and uh, we'll catch up then. All right, Joe. All right, brother. Have a good day.